Are you an inbred? Are you looking for the perfect gift for the half-bake in your life this Christmas? Why not buy them a set of mail or back postcards? For more information, send us a message on Instagram or Twitter. This podcast was brought to you by the Cordia Mayo or Back. Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran and you're listening to Mayo or Back. Howie lads, Con Mort here, Mayo or Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo or Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say uh, Mayo or Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un and welcome to the Mayo or Back podcast. How do you? Pope Francis here, Mayo or Back. Mayo or fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks and how do? You're very welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. You're back for season four, episode 13. Unlucky for some, but hopefully not for us. We have found ourselves in an absolutely amazing position, folks. A position we always thought we were going to be in, an All-Ireland final at the back end of December. A position we always thought we'd find ourselves in, ready and waiting to break the curse, ready to end the 69-year hurt. The pain is soon about to be over for all the common Mayo inbreds out there. I don't know about you, Fat Larry, but when I got into podcasting first, it was for days like today and being a part of a day like today. What a beautiful occasion this is. Absolutely, TJ. As you said, the prophecy has always suggested 69 years after we'd win our last 13 Mayo or back podcast into the season, the prophecy always said that would be when Mayo would lift the Sam Maguire. So it's all coming up red and green for us. The stars are aligning and we are absolutely delighted to be here for the Mayor Back All-Ireland Final Special. To think it's been three years since we did our last one. We were a lot younger, but now we're three years older. And let's be honest, we were an awful lot more inbred than we were back then. It's a Christmas special, come All-Ireland special, come into one. So I think for the inbreds out there, I'd be strapping yourself in and really getting yourself in the mood for this one. There's going to be manifestations right from the get-go here tonight and it's just going to be, it's going to be a bit of a shit show. As Fat Larry says, folks, strap yourselves in, strap yourselves on, switch it on, whatever which way, right from the get-go. We're going to be manifesting our way through a series of topics today, but mainly, mainly we're going to be handing the onus over to you. I suppose the inbreds that we have created and helped to foster and I suppose shine a light on. These were an underrepresented bunch. It was a real subculture of Mayo supporters that felt like they weren't being represented by, you know, the big swinging dicks that run things at the top level, our professional amateur players, our overly focused management tickets, all this kind of thing. Fat Larry, TJ, we've been here along with the Mayo are back diaspora at large. We've been giving you the platform to air some of your concerns, worries, fears, grievances, and we're going to get around to an awful lot of them tonight, folks. The Instagram machine has been absolutely hopping. We haven't had a second, what with all the questions that are coming in. We also have questions in from our favourite listeners, the Corja Mayo are back. They know just as well as we do that there would be no Mayo are back this season if it wasn't for them. So we would like to firstly thank them for their efforts in supporting us this year. And I suppose blame them. You know, if it ever does come out that this podcast was, you know, maybe a bit ill-advised or 
Some things that were said on the podcast down through the years weren't always 100% factually correct. At least we have our supporters there behind us every step of the way, right from the get-go. Isn't that right, Fat Larry? Absolutely, TJ. I mean, it's unbelievable to think, you know, we've been talking here for the last two or three years. We were talking about, you know, things like the Mayo or back development squad. You know, we were bringing in kind of just new fans coming in on board. Those fans have been growing year on year and just the most unbelievable thing about the 2020 season for me is that how you know looking at the Instagram tonight we have managed to foster a large group of inbreds who are going to carry us right through the program tonight so these are these are suggestions that are coming in from the supporters they have become fully blown male or back inbreds they're taking the show on you know we hear about the dubs always talk about oh you know it's it's all about you know the players and it's all about the process and this kind of stuff well, we've trusted our process here for the last three odd years four years and it's manifested itself into a podcast tonight that's going to be for the inbreds by the inbreds and for the enjoyment of the inbreds it's brilliant I should say at this venture that not everybody who wrote into the podcast this week is an inbred. A lot of them are half-bakes and unwells. So, you know, we do cater for all elements of society and all sorts of Mayo fans, as it were. And, you know, I can already hear them, Fat Larry, some of the cynics out there saying, oh, Mayo are back are doing a Q&A. Isn't that very similar to what the Mayo inbreds were doing in their, you know, professionally paid podcast with real journalists and real GEA men involved? Would, what would you say to those crickets that are, you know, levelling those accusations at us at this stage? Well, the crickets are far and wide, TJ. They're all over the county, north, south, east and west. You know, they have been out in force, you know, getting on our back. But as you said, the Mayo inbreds, you know, they're getting comments in. They're editing them. They're changing them. They're making them free, you know, more suitable for listening to. We don't do that here. We shoot from the hip. It goes straight out. We don't listen to what we're saying. We're not even listening to ourselves right now. And we're not listening to them either. You know, the comments are coming in. We're going to read them out as they are. This is unfiltered. This is, you know, this is inbreeding at its purest. Look, it's been alluded to this year that we have a very narrow focus this season. We're a little bit more cynical than we were. We've got a little bit more steely toughness. I suppose we've read up on one of Mayo's greats down through the years. That is Gráinne Whale. And we saw the level of cynicism that she brought to her play. The way she would slit the throat of pirates up and down the western border. I feel like the Mayo team could do with that on the pitch on Saturday. And that's something we've tried to incorporate into our podcasting this season. And I hope it comes across. Now, Fat Larry, excuse me for doing this so early, but I'm going to refer to my notes at this point. And I have a very, very relevant and pertinent point that I'd like to make at this venture. And that is to say, up Mayo! Up Mayo indeed, TJ. And I think it was just funny there how you mentioned Gráinne Whale. You know, Gráinne has been tuning in all season long to the Mayo are back podcast and she kind of sums up the Mayo fans at large you know she's someone you know I was chatting to her recently over beyond in Murrisk there and and she did rightly point out to me that you know she wasn't the biggest fan of the earlier seasons of the podcast she didn't like you know how maybe we were getting a little bit stuck in and maybe a little bit cynical as you said and critical of certain players this year as she said herself she's just really enjoying it out there on the boat you know, she's enjoying just the kind of 
the manifestations that I suppose have been raised here over the last few weeks. And yeah. she's just, I think she's really loving, you know, week on week games. She's a little bit like, you know, some of these older players in the Mayo team, you know, they've been out on the road now for the guts of a decade really at this stage. and Ten you know, decades for some of them. Ten decades is right, you know, it seems like a hundred years at this stage. But, you know, these players just seem to be loving week on week games, little turnaround, little time for recovery. And I think... Grania Whale and Mayo are back fans at large just enjoying that as well. You know, they don't have to wait too long for the next one to come around. It's just coming all of the time. We're in the zone and it's, I suppose, you could say we're peaking this evening here now. I can see that you are, Fat Larry, and that is just a sight that has Mayo fans on the edge of their seats. No more so than the two that you're listening to here. I suppose... You know, we have a little bit of housekeeping to get around to before we go into the Q&A. And we also have a little surprise coming towards the back end of this podcast, hopefully. So do keep listening. But the little bit of housekeeping we want to get around to is the small matter of the All-Ireland Final, which I believe takes place on Saturday. It's going to be between Mayo, of course, as listeners to the podcast will know. And they will be playing against Dublin, who are, to use a David Brady term here this Dublin team are pound for pound in the All-Ireland Final and at the time of recording I should say that the All-Ireland Final is set to be on Saturday evening so would ba- you agree with those sentiments I would Larry? I'd have to say I'd agree with the majority of what you said there I'm not sure what you said but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Mayo against the AIG Blue Dubs uh, Fat Larry can I just interject for one second by all means just before you say anything I just want to say I echo your sentiments entirely no matter what you say but thank you very much TJ carry that, on that means that means the world to me that you would say that but as I was saying there do you know Basically what we're looking at is the Mayo Senior Football Team, which is a group of 15 guys from clubs around the county and beyond. They're playing and representing the county in what is known as an All-Ireland Football Final, for the listeners out there who might have been aware of this. They're playing a team called Dublin. Now Dublin, guys, have won the last five finals in a row. Five in a row. It hasn't been done ever. It hasn't been done since, you know, ever, actually. Actually... I'll correct you there. Homelli did win five Connachts in a row. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Single-handedly. Oh, how could I? How could I forget that? Being the Homelli sympathizer that I am, of course, Homelli won five Connacht titles in a row. Correct. Now culminating in a seven-goal drubbing of Sligo in 2015. But Dublin actually won their own version of the five in a row, and Mayo will be playing them at the weekend Ooh. in the All Ireland final. And basically, all of the counties in Ireland have a team, and they all enter the championship in kind of a knockout format as it's been this year due to COVID-19 culminating in matches after matches quarterfinals semifinals and Mayo managed to win all of their games and hopefully now could win a final we've been in lots of finals before we do quite well in finals I think TJ you could say um Fat Larry I think you could yes yeah uh, I mean, it's just amazing to hear a man with such an amount of homework done at this venture. Like, at this point, we've never heard such clarity or this sort of tactical nuance and analysis that you just do simply do not get on any other podcast. So I'd like to commend both Fat Larry and myself this evening for showing up to this in such well-prepared fashion. I think it's a credit to us. And let me be the first to praise us in this instance. Absolutely. And I think for the listeners out there who don't know... This has been a really strange year if you've been living under a rock. The All-Ireland Final generally takes place on the third Sunday in September with the exception of the last couple of years. AIG wanted to have it in August. 
because he was clashing with the All Blacks. But before that, they played the All-Ireland Final on the third Sunday in September. But due to COVID-19, the season was obviously ripped up, the format was changed, and we're facing a winter championship. Now, for Mayo fans out there that might be watching this Mayo team, or might be just new to the bandwagon, there was a time where the stands in McHale Park, Pierce Stadium, Hyde Park or Crow Park were absolutely wedged with what we can best describe as complete unwell inbreds. Wall-to-wall inbreds. And they would cheer on the green and red. They would sing songs like Mayo, do-do-do. And they would say up Mayo and all this kind of stuff. But due to COVID, there's no supporters in the crowd. Which I think, and you, you'll probably echo my sentiments here, TJ... This has been really, really good for this Mayo team because, let's be honest, the Mayo supporters haven't always been good for this Mayo team, have they? No, not quite. When I think back down through the years, it brings me right back to my early days of watching football and, you know, being a part of that absolutely toxic environment which is cultivated by Mayo fans, young and old, I mean, it reminds me of being in McHale Park for Connacht Finals when I was only a mere boy. And the way you could sit there and no matter who the star player was at the time, you'd be calling them every name under the sun from the back of the stands. Do you know, it was great. And the manager, the manager getting awful going when you were in there as well. And that was the beauty of it. That bound people together a lot. And I suppose that sort of toxicity has been missed this year. But remarkably, these Mayo players, it almost looks like that they're playing better without, you know, thousands of people cursing at them and roaring at them and abusing them. It almost seems like, you know, that they've gotten that little bit more spunk and jizz into their play. And, you know, the Mayo fans have given them back their balls, as it were. Now, folks, the sport of GA, I think, is a very interesting one. The players don't actually get paid for what they do. So when you're watching the Mayo players now the next day, you have to realise that these guys are amateur athletes. They have day jobs and they have all that sort of stuff going on. But what's really interesting about this final TJ is the team they're playing are actually a professional outfit. So that makes it really, really skewed now. So Mayo are an amateur team and they're expected to go out and beat this fully professional team known as the AIG Blue Dubs, who are all paid roughly 16 million per annum to play for the Dublin team. And they've been doing this year on year since Bertie Ahern actually um, took money from the European Union to fund his pastime and to present a birthday present to his good pal Kieran Whelan. Now... Listeners out there would be kind of thinking to themselves, Jesus, an amateur team against a professional team, the odds are, you know, probably stacked against us to an extent. I think it's Mayo or 10 to 3, which basically means if you put 150 euro on Mayo and the bet comes through, you'll spend it all on drink come Sunday when they actually win. That's what the bet essentially means. But Mayo are the outsiders going to this one at the weekend. Would you have it any other way, Fat Larry? I'm thinking back to my early days when Cromwell was in Ireland and they used to say to hell or to Connacht. And Mayo was an awful shithole at that time. But you can see the way now that it's improved so much. It's built up and there's just something that fills me with Mayo pride. And I just love being from Mayo. It's the best place in the world, I think. And I suppose it's great for you to speak in such open terms. I know we'll have a lot of new listeners and first-time listeners to this podcast 
they might be unfamiliar with some of the sentiments that we like to echo here from time to time. And as much as we do say up Mayo, we've also become quite known for saying this season, fuck the dubs. And let me be the first to say fuck the dubs in this instance. And I'm sure it won't be the first and it certainly won't be the last time though that phrase is coined on the podcast tonight. That sentiment will be echoed countywide um, this evening as we're li- as you're listening in. As you said, yeah, to hell or to Connacht, that's what they used to say. Now, in recent times, James Horan has been kind of saying to hell or to East Mayo because the current Mayo team that we'll be lining out with at the weekend has got a real kind of West Mayo flavour to it. There's a lot of guys, obviously we've talked this season about the fabulous New talented young players we have from Westport, the Cullen Morns, the Yoshin McLaughlins, you know, guys that Homeli would have crafted and nurtured into the players they are today. You've obviously then got the Brafey Mafia as well, who are very much still wielding their influence on this Mayo team. You've got Matty Ruan in midfield, you've got Aidan O'Shea, and of course our 16th man, Rob Henley, on the bench. You know, you've got Lots of sets of brothers on this Mayo team as well. It's a real inbred family affair, this team. You know, you've got Owen and Oshin McLaughlin. You've got Cullum and Mark Morn. You've got Jimmy and Paddy Duncan. You've got the O'Shea brothers as well. And of course, you've got the Cock brothers. You've got Doc and the bigger Cock then um, from Banal Tubber. So, I mean, when we talk about this on this podcast, you know, being a little bit inbred, we really are. You know, you've got so many sets of brothers, so many real inbred stories to tell. And I really hope now this kind of close, tight-knit group that we have stands, you know, hard and firm together against the dubs because they're going to want to blow their load all over them. So we need to really stand firm at the weekend. And let us not take away anything from the dubs, Fat Larry. The AIG Blues are one of the strongest franchises in the Irish League. They, you know, they play with a brand of football that has been paid for by an insurance company. And that ensures a couple of things. One, they're going to be tight with the ball. They're not going to give you anything back. Two, if there's any crashes, they're going to turn a blind eye to it because they have all the refs on their side as well. And three, if it doesn't work out for them on the pitch, they'll get things worked out off the pitch. As you can see, they've even put a little... A little asterisk in there for this year's All-Ireland Final that even if Mayo do win, they won't be allowed to touch the trophy, hug the trophy, kiss the trophy... All of the things that I have been manifesting in my mind and manifesting myself to these thoughts for quite a long time. So that's sad in a way, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're just happy to be there, as they say. We're very, very happy to be there. And as long as we're there, we're in with a shout. And we want to just touch upon this game now at the weekend because people will be listening for clarity, planning, tactical nuances they'll be wondering you know where do we see this game going and before we get into you know predictions and all that sort of thing we want to just have a little chat about some of the good omans and some of the bad omans that are there for us at the moment and i'll get started with one of the good ones fat larry and this is a fact listeners the last time that mayo won an all ireland on a saturday in december happened earlier this decade it wasn't a footballing all ireland oh no no it was, in fact, a fisting All-Ireland. We have the Irish fisting champion. He's from our own Western Shore. Henry Coyle is his name. An absolute fundamental part of this podcast from day one, as you will hear in our famous and fabulous intro at this stage. You would have heard Henry saying that, say what you want about Mayo people. Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. And I would echo those sentiments about the Mayo are back supporters. I think they're even better than the Mayo supporters in a way. One thing we know about these Mayo supporters is the Mayo supporters really wear their hearts on their sleeves. And as you said earlier, TJ, the AIG Blue Dubs, 
you know, they're going to insure a lot of things. One thing that I think is going to definitely need to be insured ahead of this weekend is Mayo supporters' health. And I think it's very important as we build up to the game that Mayo fans out there just kind of make sure that they're fit and healthy and ready to go. Because as we know, Mayo fever is alive and kicking and it is really, really bad. It's rampant. It's rampant across the county. I mean, I heard a story there recently about a, a a Mayo supporter who was actually so unwell after the Connacht final that he was actually advised to not watch any more games. He was banned by his doctor for watching Mayo games and he will have to either tune in to Michael D. McAndroid on Midwest Radio, but that that like that's not going to help him at all. That could make him even feckin' worse. So what we would be suggesting out there is, you know, if there are inbreds out there who are just touch and go, if you plan on watching the game at the weekend, I'd make a little call, maybe not to AIG because we don't want to you know, make the dubs any stronger than they are. But one group who we've always been very, very supportive of here and they run one of the most gorgeous and fabulous competitions, which is usually on at this time of year, we would be encouraging Mayo Sports to get in contact with DBFFF, who would sponsor the DBF Championship, just to make sure your health insurance is all in order ahead of the weekend. Because to be honest, TJ, and to the listeners out there, I fear for inbreds. I really do. I think... The cold snap weather we have, Christmas is around the corner, and in all Ireland, like there's just too much. There's going to be too much for some inbreds to handle. And when Aidan O'Shea lifts Sam high above his head on Saturday evening, there could be people levitating above Crow Park, heading off to the skies. Because as far as I can see, if we win the All Ireland, our job on this earth is more or less done. Sayonara folks, I'll be off anyways. I will have my work completed here on the earth once I've seen my Mayo boyines capture Sam, complete my dream. And just to, I suppose, echo the thoughts of Fat Larry there, I would take FGB over AIG any day of the week. I don't care whether they give me 60 million or 60 euro a day out in Father Flanagan Park on the 8th of January. That's what really gets me up in the morning. And it puts me to bed at night in a way as well. And it's wonderful. And when we see the Mayo Boyings take the pitch at the weekend, one of the things we want to see from them is a bit of fight. Because, you know, we want to see them going in hard on these lads, putting a finger on them, in them even, as it were. But one of the bad omens, Fat Larry, one of the bad omens that's going around here now, I would say, is Limerick winning last weekend in the Hurling. So they were playing against Waterford, and that was in a Hurling match. Now, I didn't have a blind bit of a clue what was going on. I didn't have one iota about the scoreline or anything else, as it were. But one thing that was alluded to me throughout the game was that if you want to be successful in this business, and by this business I mean the GEA, if you want to be successful in the GEA, having an endless pit of money won't guarantee you an All-Ireland, but it'll fucking get you fairly close to it as you can see with Limerick the last day JP McManus money that's a bottomless pit folks it is it's how much do you want here you go there's more when we relate that to our own situation Mayo spent 1 million euro per annum on travelling inbreds up and down from Dublin do you think they do that in Dublin no sure why would they they all live in Dublin these are the little minute details Mm -hmm. that some of the listeners here will have tuned in for and this high level of thinking and clarity now that is being provided I'd say the Mayo fans will be delighted. But for me as a Mayo fan, Mm -hmm. I just want to see Mayo pride at the weekend, regardless of the result. Whatever which way the result manifests itself, I want 
to see Mayo pride. And I want to see our Mayo lads keeping their heads held high. And I don't want to see them leaving Crow Park with their tails held high between their legs. We've left Crow Park TJ so many times with our tails up our arses after losing all Ireland finals. We've been there in 2012, 13, 16, 17. We were there back in 06. We were back in 04, 96, 97, 1989. Every known inbred out there will tell you, based on those facts, there's a fairly good chance, in my opinion, that we're definitely going to win this All-Ireland at the weekend. Like, come on. We've lost nine finals now. We've come very, very close many times before. Something has got to give at some stage. Now, you mentioned TJ, there's lots of bad omens out there. There's lots of detractors, negative ninnies, people saying we haven't a hope. Hurlers on the ditch. Hurlers on the ditch. This is the weekend, lads. We are going to do it. We are going to do it this weekend. I'm absolutely certain. And if you do bear with us, at some stage we'll get into the tactics, I'm sure. And we will give you some concrete reasons, maybe, as to why... Mayo definitely will win this final. And as you said, the first thing is Mayo pride. You won't find a prouder county in Ireland than Mayo. And for me, when you're playing a team like Dublin, pride and inbreeding is everything. It's something the dubs don't have, but it's something we have a lot of. Will we be able to say, up Mayo wherever you go, after this result is over on Saturday, whatever which way it finishes, we will. Our Mayo pride will be intact irregardless of the result. And that's a beautiful thing, folks. Mm. These dubs, if you listen to them, they jump on the bandwagon and they're as quick to fall off the back of a trunk. Us Mayo fans, we're tied to the front bonnet of this car nude and we've been driven up and down the country, driven demented in many ways. My only fear going into this game, I know Fat Larry has said that we are going to do it and we will be given concrete reasons and evidence as to why we'll do it at later on at some point in the podcast. The only thing I'd be worried about is that this Mayo team have not gone through the back door this year. No. And when it comes to it on Saturday, do you think they're going to be able to get stuck in and get right stuck in and get down and dirty with the dubs well, when we haven't had that experience yet? Well, we haven't gone through the back door this season, TJ. You're completely right on that. Completely agree with you on that. But what we have had this year is that we have had a lot of Mayo players who have their heads up their back doors. They've been playing absolutely fabulous. I love to see I can't think of any other word. And I've gone through the dictionary and on this podcast we've used lots of different words to describe this fabulous Mayo team. But the best word I can use to describe this team is fabulous. It's a fabulous word and it's a word that we love saying here. Now, why do we think Mayo are going to win? Where is this game going to be won and lost? As you have pointed out, TJ, many times to me before, Mayo are going to win and lose this game in Crow Park this Saturday at 5 o'clock. The game is on at 5 o'clock this weekend, and that is where, indeed, this game will be won and lost. Now, there might be people out there going, yeah, of course, and but why and how is this game going to be won and lost? And I think this game... It's really all about matchups, TJ, isn't it? It's all about getting your matchups right and having, you know, that bit of intensity and the bit of hard work and covering ground and full press on the kick out, winning the break and ball, getting men in and around the middle, cock shooting his load all over the dubs. That for me, that is my that's my tactical view on this game. If the cock gets lots of shots off, 
And Mayo get more goals, as you said before, in GAA a goal is worth three, a point is worth one. Essentially what we're looking at is, lads, you can go into the details, you can look for, you know, signs in the sky and you can listen to whatever analysts you like. But this game will be won and lost by the team who manages to get more goals and more points. And I, for one, believe that that's going to be us this weekend. Well, we know. And uh, just in relation to, to, to the two of you, you're, you're in as a, as a 50-50 joint managership, would that be correct? At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever. So, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Can I just say this venture, Fat Larry, and I'm sure a lot of our loyal listeners and half-bakes out there will be listening to me now and they'll be nodding their heads in stern agreement when, just when I, to say that your, your expertise on this subject is amazing. And I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for coming on and joining us as a guest this evening. And thank you for having me on the show this evening. I must say, I must, we don't do it near enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you know... That's what it's all about. It's about getting more scores on the board and it's about being the team at the end of the game who lifts the Sam Maguire. That's what, you know, that's what you want, really, as a Mayo supporter, I think. And all the supporters out there, I'm fairly sure 95% of them will be hoping that Mayo get more scores, do you know? Mm. And not to cut across you, Fat Larry, at all, in any way, you shape really or form. You saved me there for a minute. I'm just having a little look here and uh, I'm wondering, you know, I'm a little bit conscious of the time. You know, we've done our two or three minutes of housekeeping at this stage. So we've now waiting, it's time. You know, we've been waiting 69 years, TJ, at this stage. You know, we're, can we wait a little bit longer? Maybe not. Maybe we need to get on with the get on with the job. We know our fans, they're very patient and we know they have deep pockets. That's two things we do know about Mayo fans. But one thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to rile them up anymore. So we're going to get down to the questions. Of course, we'll be, you know, getting to our favourite questions first and then we'll be moving on towards the Instagram ones. But we've got a lot of messages in from the Corja and I feel like all views are valid. Completely. So no matter what sort of an opinion comes out here or whatever way it manifests me, you... Or the listener, I think we should all just listen to it with an open mind from the get-go. And hopefully, TJ, some of these questions, I'm looking at them here, a lot of intelligent, real, you know, smart fans with the head screwed on. Hopefully they lead us towards some maybe concrete answers and some maybe real tactics ahead of the game now. First up is how do... Should there nice. be a Mayo-themed, fully inbred Christmas nativity play this year instead of the traditional one? The three wise men brought gold, frankincense and myrrh to Bethlehem. I believe this is very similar to our own situation because Horan is bringing the cock, the car and the cone to Crow Park. And of course the Sam Maguire is our baby Jesus. The three wise men, they followed a star but in our situation we had the birds, Barry Moran, Donald Drake and Kalon Crow who led us all the way to Crow Park. And isn't that a beautiful sentiment it to is, hear at absolutely. This stage? I mean... 
to be honest, I'd have to echo pretty much all of the sentiments of that supporter. I think it was a great inbred there. Rory sent that one in. Thanks for taking the time to do it. I'd have to echo a lot of those sentiments. A couple of characters that might change here and there. I mean, for me, you know, you talk about Mary and Joseph, who could play that role. For me, anyways, that has to be Pat and Noel for me. They're the ones... It's Pat and Noel's manger, and and they are the the eternal mangers of this Mayo team. And you know they've given birth to so many of these Mayo players. You know McLaughlin, Cullum Morn, Mark Morn, um, anyone from the Westport team. I suppose put Pat's head on the Virgin Mary, put Noel's head on Joseph of Nazareth. And the manger, of course, is the Ballyhane Clubhouse. I mean, that would be the only changes I'd make. The birds, it's great to see them mentioned. You know, we miss them, but they're still very much in our thoughts. And it's nice to see that they're on the the minds of the inbreds also. Thanks for that, Rory. You've given us a lot of food for thought. You are a big inbred. Next up is a question. Wow. Not quite one of those lengthy statements that we're used to. This is a straight-up question. We know Mayo is the county with the most inbreds, but which town in Mayo is the most inbred of them all? Now, I think to do justice to that question, first of all, you've got to break it down because Mayo, of course, is made up of north, south, east and west. So I think out of fairness to the, the inbred that is sent it in and to the inbreds are in the four corners of Mayo, we suppose I need to give them due credit. So maybe TJ, maybe you could take maybe North Mayo and South Mayo. I might take maybe East and West and I'll get the ball rolling here. You know, East Mayo is a place, I suppose, that's you know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a hotbed of inbreeding, really. You know, hard to choose. You got Kilcher Moss, Winford, you know, Charlestown. But for me, Call it's it. got to be Balladrine. Like Balladrine is mm-hmm. the most inbred town in East Mayo, at least, mm-hmm. probably because of the fact that they're all huge Mayo supporters. They're not even in the county. Like these lads are from Roscommon, and they're supporting Mayo. How inbred can you be? You know so what I mean. So let's put Balladrine through as our first semi-finalist. And I'll we'll circumvent our way around the county and I will do South Mayo next. And before I get into this properly, I was talking to a man who was driving from Galway to Mayo there at the weekend. He said he nearly crashed the car into a ditch because of the lack of Mayo flags that he saw. Every house that he passed, he thought he'd see one. Made him want to drive into the wall even a little bit harder. So Sad to see that, isn't it? That's one thing that's a disgrace, but it's mm. not too late to rectify it. I'd like you to go out and erect your flags or whatever else is necessary. Long flagpoles. Yes. But if I had to pick just one place, well, I've a lot of dear friends down this side of the country, but I'm going to alienate them all by saying Ballandine. They're my nomination for most inbred town in South Mayo. Fat Larry, if you'd like to move on to the West... Absolutely echo those sentiments there. You know, Ballandine is a very, you know, a very strong candidate. You know, wins in the south, but will come very close to winning the overall prize as well. I'm sure, no doubt. We'll move around to West Mayo. Listen, there's inbred pockets all over West Mayo. You mm-hmm. know, there's feckers around West Mayo there. They think they're living in Monaco or you know Nice or one of these places. But the reality is, it's as much of an inbred spot as anywhere else. There's a lot of strong candidates in West Mayo. You know, you've got places like Ackle Island, beautiful place. You've got Burshul, Newport, Park, Keelogs, Crimlin, Ross, Turla. You've got Bal, Tormacady. God, these are very inbred places. But to be honest, I've got to go to the club that beats its chest the loudest, shouts the loudest, makes lots of noise, but at the end of the day has won fucking nothing. You'd have to give it to Brafey, most inbred in West Mayo, by a country mile. And moving swiftly on to the north, I'm going to go with Kiltane. No discussion necessary. Wow. So you have your four semi-finalists there. I think 
you know, it could be the meaty topic of another podcast that we could do if we wanted to get into who is the most. But we're going to leave it with those four as our four semi-final nominations. And that's, I think, TJ, you should be commended really on how fair you were there. I think it would not be fair to put such a you know important topic discussion just kind of wedged into the end of a podcast. There's enough going on tonight, I think... We'll keep that for another one. We'll put that in the back pocket and I'm sure we might even make a small mini-series out of it, TJ. Wonderful. Thank you for that question, listener. The next question now is brilliant and it's relating to something we've thought about quite a bit over the last few years and this is the Arsenal fan TV model of, you know, common, inbred, on-the-ground, grassroots half-bakes having an absolute cut at their professional counterparts or the people that, you know, they supposedly admire. This one is, you know, in reflection of that, could it be expected to see Fat Larry, TJ, Willie Joe Padden, Mick Barrett and Jimmy Sloyan live streaming themselves watching the Mayo match on Sunday? That to me sounds like a dream come true. Getting in the room with, you know, such icons of the Mayo game and the sport. It's kind of something that Fat Larry and I have only been able to aspire to. I suppose we took to the podcasting in a fit of Mayo fever that couldn't be stopped but some of the other names you've mentioned there their bouts of Mayo fever are absolutely legendary iconic so to even be mentioned in the same breath as some of these characters it makes me so proud to be unwell absolutely and thank you to the listener there for holding us in such high esteem and high regard and you know maybe it's something we could do you know we're not um we're maybe not at that level yet, but we're aspiring, we're pushing on, and hopefully we get there someday. Now, we got an email in here. It's got a lot to it, i got to say. It's quite a long one. And we'll get through a little bit of it. It says, How do, folks? The Mayo fever is well and truly rampant at this point. Okay, well, at this point, we should just say, yes. Hopefully the vaccine comes soon, and hopefully it's coming this Saturday. No, it definitely is coming this Saturday. I believe treatments they administer should include the following highly concentrated doses of mighty Mayo days gone by, such as Aidan O'Shea's bulldozing of Sligo in 2015. Remember it all well. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Homelli, of course. You've got the time that Cock penetrated London three times in one game. He did it again against Donegal three times. He penetrated Limerick three times in 2018. And he's doing it still in 2020. He did it a couple of weeks ago against Tip. That's a good omen. And what about this one? I know you like this one, TJ. The Jordan Flynn 69 curse breaker where he picks up Matty Ruan and just ends that damn curse so quickly. When he does that, like the curse is just shaking in its boots when it sees that. It's the Tombstone curse breaker. It's been made a famous move this year and it's kicking off a real trend around the county. I passed by a local primary school. I was on my morning rounds there during the week and I saw them all in the in the playground, you know, they were trying to be like their heroes. I saw Lovely them picking see. each other up. Yeah. I saw them throwing each other around in that fashion and yeah. But the way, you know, as you describe it so eloquently there, TJ, you know, the way Children all over the county are manifesting themselves into that, you know, shape, that kind of behaviour. You you know, there was a time where you would maybe be a bit worried if you saw a load of kids doing that. But in the year of 2020, when anything seems to go, I think there's no greater sight. 
So this email is from David. There's quite a lot in it. I think what he's suggesting is that, you know, as a little Mayo vaccine, as a little booster shot, you could call it, you can watch some of these great days and think about some of these great moments. And they'll just, you know, give you enough to carry on over the line a little bit. Now, we better allude to his second point. This is some of his concerns. And, you know, we are nothing if not a therapy group for really anxious and fear-ridden Mayo supporters. Now, so TJ, let's flesh sorry. this out. Can I just say, just from reading this email and having it out in front of me or at the screen, there's there's more detail and more information in this than, than Conor Mortimer's autobiography. This inbred must have, this must have taken up a whole day. Are you working at all, David? What are you at? Jesus. Now, go on, keep going. Um, various elements of this email are being redacted for legal reasons. A summary might do. A summary is, I suppose, just to, you know, get to the point here and synopsize. David's wondering whether the players' balls, whether they'll have control of their ball, the ball, the GA ball, O'Neill's ball that's used for the game, of course, whether they'll be in control of that and whether there'll be, you know, any sudden or rapid onsets of hormones or anything else in any other which way. David, I'll tell you the best way to get an answer to that is if you just ring ring myself or Fat Larry and we'll chat to you about this for 10 or 15 minutes because we do have a lot to get off our chest. But it's one of those rare moments, folks, where it's, I suppose, it's um, not fit for the podcast in a way. We haven't said that much over the years, but we might leave this one. And uh, the last, the last message from our, our Cordia, and this is, you know, we've seen, you know, lengthy messages Long, long paragraphs filled with totally needless and in some cases inappropriate information. But I suppose in this instance, it's a very straight up question, Fat Larry. And I'll ask you to give us your expertise in this field. Who has the curliest hair? Tommy P or Tommy C? Like, even just mentioning those two guys in the same breath, TJ, like, that will issue onsets of Mayo fever straight away like Tommy P and Tommy C are just two of the most gorgeous guys and have both got lovely heads of curly hair now if the listener had asked who is younger I would have probably said probably Tommy Conroy Mm -hmm. but you can't you know when it comes to curls you just can't unless of course Donald Drake is in the discussion and he would have been for many years Tommy Parsons has just got the finest, most gorgeous curly hair you've ever seen. And like, the sight of that heading up the Hogan stand on Sunday when the great Tom Parsons lifts Sam Maguire, you know, that's just going to be magic, you know? There's no other word I could use, TJ. I have to agree with you, Fat Larry. Now, that is the bulk of our Cordromeo questions. Now, the Instagram, as we said was absolutely hopping. It was chocker blocks. So we're going to kind of very rapidly move through these questions here. Anything that takes our eye, we might flesh out a little bit. Yeah. So the first one comes in, a well-known inbred. He asks, Will Kieran McDonald get 15 minutes at the end, kick a point just to help the inbreds climax? What do you think? Have I should got... very much hope so. Very much so. And watching him in the warm-ups this season, guys, it's clear this guy still has so much to offer this Mayo team. And who knows? Hopefully now that'll kind of manifest itself on Sunday. Another question comes here asking, you know, do you think there'll be much fisting in the All-Ireland final the next day? Yeah, I hope so. Huge amounts. Because listeners to our podcast, and if you're not a full-time listener, this might be a first time that you've 
lended your ears to this wonderful manifestation of Mayo Magic, we would implore and encourage you to go back. Seasons 1, 2, 3 and 4. There's a lot of content there, a lot of heavy content. Might get you to the weekend. Sometimes you need a few listens of these things. But if you hear our podcast, you hear some of the sentiments we share. Fisting is one of the things that comes up time and time again, folks. And it's no coincidence that the Mayo players played so strongly with the fists at the weekend, bagging three of their five ghouls coming directly from the fist. And even we didn't remark on it the last time. Big Aidan O'Shea, he fisted one so high it nearly went out over the canal end. We'll need to see lots of that. We'll need to see guys fisting the ball with the closed fist, the slappy fist down into the bag. And we'll need to see guys fisting dubs as well. Getting up in their grill, getting physical, tight, confrontational. That's what we need and that's what's going to win us the All-Ireland. Now, the next one comes in from an inbred we know well. Bernard asks, if there was any former Mayo player that we could erect into the starting lineup for the weekend, who would you pick? What do you think, TJ? Who are we missing out on? What does this Mayo team need? What would improve our chances of beating the AIG Blue Dubs? Now, if it comes to down to a shootout, a bit of scoring power, one player I'd love to see erected and fully instilled back into the starting lineup, I'd say personally I'd have to say would be Cora Staunton. God, yeah. yeah. Because her scoring record speaks for itself, folks, especially on the big days in Crow Park. As a 13-year-old, she bagged 3-7 in her first All-Ireland final. As a 14-year-old, she got 515. Mm. So these sort of high numbers that she was pumping out even back in those days lends me to believe that she could definitely do a job. But I suppose to follow on from that point, I never got to mention this last time out either, we're not looking outside the panel. You know, Cora is outside the panel, obviously, but still a footballer by trade. We need to start looking at fellas that haven't played football in years. Caelan Doris, that man is from Lacken. If he went back and got a little bit of club football under his belt, would he be able to start? And the other man who I'd be calling to go straight into the full forward line on Saturday evening, John Joe Patrick Finn that plays for FC Getafe. He, you know, he's got Mayo roots. Mayo blood, yeah. If James Horn had his eyes open and was paying any interest as to what's going on outside the camp, he'd have one or two of those fellas starting at the weekend. But that's all I wanted to say about that. And we don't even have to look within the the sport, as you said, TJ. We can look actually to other codes and cross-coding and stuff like that. And as you said, Cora Staunton could add an awful lot up front for this Mayo team and could give us a few scores and a bit of an attacking threat. But I think we need to touch on briefly the Mayo's struggles at the opposite end of the field. You know, there's times this year we've been, you know, completely gaping and open at the back. And there's a couple of guys you could bring in there that might shore us up in that area. You could have... You know, someone like Henry Coyle could go in there and he could fist a few of the Dublin forwards and just kind of shut it down. You know, Noah Baba is a fantastic soccer player as well. He's a defender. He could go in there, you know. Physical presence. Absolutely. You know, even someone like Diora Marsh, we'd love to have him in the team the next day. You know, a guy that could kind of man the edge of the square, kind of give us that physical presence in the full back line, cover the bit of ground. And he just brings that kind of, I suppose that fluidity that we have, we're so fluid in terms of genders, but also in terms of different nationalities as well. If we could find someone from outside the country to get into this Mayo team, that would leave me very, very erect now the next day. And Grania Whale, Fat Larry, I know we've mentioned her a couple of times here, oh, yeah. but if she wasn't a pirate, she could have been an excellent footballer. She could, she could have. You know, it's, it's a shame, you know, she just loved the fishing, she loved the, I suppose, the sailing and stuff like that. And, you know, committing to Mayo football isn't for everyone. You know, she wanted to get out and see the world and stuff. So, in a different light, maybe Grania could have been the one. 
Now, there's a lovely question here that I suppose we won't answer just yet, but we'll just tease it out a little bit. What Christmas song would you say best describes our Boyne's performances this year? The answer to that question is coming in about five or ten minutes when we play the Mayo are back Christmas anthem for 2020. You heard it here first, folks. You're going to get the flagship listen. The very first set of ears to hear this track is you listening to this right now. So please do stay tuned for that. It promises to be very special. Now, a lovely question that comes in here. I suppose earlier we we mentioned it, but we didn't exactly expand on it too much. Question comes in here. Do you think John and Paddy Little will have too much spunk for these Mayo half-bakes? And of course, you could say full-bakes as well. Of course, Paddy Little has been playing in the the full forward line for Dublin this year, a new player, and his, his brother Paddy is there as well. You know, I think these guys now, for people who are fans, they're football and, and kind of know their Dublin football as well. These guys play for Ballymun, and of course Ballymun are like the Mayo club up in Dublin. You know, they wear red and green, and of course they are our, our coach, you know, Cheeky Fade Manger, James Burke, of course, is a, is a player for Ballymun, so he's got his foot inside that camp. You know, I think... You know, the fact that we have so much knowledge on these guys, you know, that's going to really help us now the next day. And to answer your question, no, absolutely not. I think these Mayo players are completely full of spunk of their own and are well capable of, you know, reversing the trick on these guys and, you know, giving it back as good as they'll get it. Because that's what it's all about. You got to take it and you got to give it in this game. That's so true. And speaking of which, question coming in here from... A loyal, loyal listener and a true inbred. If you starved each cock for 14 days, which cock would win in a fight to the death? And he's referring to the real cock fight that's taking place at centre stage on Saturday evening. That's Con O'Callaghan versus Killian O'Connor. Fat Larry, would you prefer our cock or theirs? Well, the cock that I have been taking enjoyment from for the last <laughs> couple of years has been our own cock, TJ. Like, that's that's a given, really. You know, he's a dirty dub, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And there's nothing wrong with the cock we have. And you should always, you know, just be happy with what you have and not to be looking elsewhere for stuff. Killian scored 4-9, lads, in the, the Shamey against Tipperary. Like, no player has ever scored more in a single championship game than the cock did against Tip. You know, so we should have full confidence that our cock is going to be in a good place, is going to be fighting fit, hard and ready to go, and could do untold amounts of damage to Dublin. And the one thing we're mainly looking for, Fat Larry, is we're looking for him to stand up to Mm -hmm. the opposition. Please, yeah, that would be great. Just like he did the last day. Please, Killian, do it for us. Do it one more time and we'll we'll love you forever. No, there's been... A suggestion here coming in that... And it's just a suggestion, I might add. We could mark the, you know, famous victory of Henry Coyle back in the National Arena in the boxing match all those many moons ago by paying tribute to him in proper fashion. And, you know, sometimes you see they bring out the old teams from years gone by and they honour them on the field and, you know, give them little medals and stuff. I would like to see that done for our Henry. Mm-hmm. But knowing Henry and knowing his drive and ambition, he wouldn't just settle for that. I think he'd like to go for a full-on boxing match. I can see no greater opponent for him than than Dubliner Bernard Dunn, who of course has had his own, of course himself has been dipping in and out of this Dublin panel in recent years, along with Jason Sherlock's and the like. I think before the ball is thrown in on Saturday evening, a little 
ring erected in the middle of the pitch, throw Henry Coyle and Bernard Dunn in and let's see them go charity fisting style, boxing style, go for 10 rounds before the match is played at all. And I think after that game, we'd have a fair idea as to how we were going to do. And it would be lovely to think that that would be the way that you know, this trophy could be settled and its destination could be decided. You know, that would be great. Inbreds, I'm sure, would love that. I think it's going to take on a little bit of a different sort of twist now. I think there's going to be probably 15 on 15 sort of type game. That's what we're kind of looking at. We're looking at Mayo in green and red and Dublin in blue. And that's, you know, the way I see it anyways now the next day. Keep your eyes out for that at the weekend, folks. Now, the last question from our, I suppose... Let me be the first to say very successful Q&A. It comes in from another good friend and a Cordia member himself. He's wondering, will Tommy Goonan be selling Christmas calendars outside Dunn's this year? And this one kind of links into a question we got from another inbred. You know, apparently Tommy Goonan is selling calendars outside Dunn's that actually follow along the Chinese New Year because, of course, as we all know, 2021 in China is going to be the year of the inbred. And they've decided that because they want to celebrate the fact that you know, Mayo will be looking to defend their All-Ireland title. And in 2021, realistically, we're looking at getting a, a two in a row for ourselves. That's the way I see it anyways. So, you know, Tommy Goonan is kind of looking forward to that. He's got the kit van set up there. You know, he's he's going to bring it up to Dublin, I'm sure. And he's going to have it outside of Duns there for the whole of Christmas and selling Chinese inbred Mayo calendars to all of the inbreds, you know? Excellent. Now... At this venture, we have previewed and reviewed. We have bisected, dissected and trisected the game in its many forms. We've got around to reading out as many questions as we possibly could from you, the inbreds. Thank you for sending them in. At this venture, I suppose we want to reward you fans and give you the little Mayo or Back Christmas anthem. If you're ready for it, strap yourselves in. As we said at the very start, as we said at the very tip of this podcast... Strap it in, strap it on, and let this song manifest your ears in whatever way seems fit and necessary. All we can say is we hope you enjoy, and we'll have a little chat with you afterwards. So, 
horse and tea or whiskey. Leave Rudolph out a carrot. Clark Egan and Mullins. A fullback is Chris Barrett. Reverse the curse, reverse the curse. And end the 69 long years of pain, no pain. We bet the dogs before and we'll do it again. I said all I want for Christmas is Sam. All I want for Christmas is Sam. Cone Dirk in McLaughlin, a half-baked, half-back line. Christmas time is coming, we're all feeling fine. Connor Loftus and Maddie Ruan Julian's in midfield Nine All-Ireland Finals The scars have not quite healed But we got O'Donoghue, Doc and Kev Mack and Conroy and Cock in attack What's waiting for me under my tree? What's coming from Santi Sack? It's Sam McGuire It's Sam McGuire It's Sam McGuire I want Sam McGuire Killian, who gave the dogs the 16 million? Was it Bertie or Hurt or Kieran Whelan? Now we're back and we've got the feeling. We've cried all the tears, faced all our fears. Been without Sam for 69 years. Gonna watch this one on the telly. Gonna win this one for Homelli. Feeling festive, feeling merry. Christmas time and I'm feeling very manifested by this team. It's scary and I've been this way since February. Never giving up, never stop improving. Even without Andy Moran's movement, we're never giving up. We will never fall. We even got Alan Dillon in the dog. I do not believe in the curse at all. Even though our chances might be small, one thing is for certain: we will give it our all. We're gonna hit him harder than Vaughn hit John Small. Fallen hit John Small. When Fallen hit John Small, I want for Christmas is sad. All I want for Christmas is sad. All I want for Christmas is sad. All I want for Christmas is sad. May oh do do do. May oh do do do, may oh do do do, we're gonna beat those boys in blue. May oh do do do, may oh do do do, may oh do do do, we're gonna beat those boys in blue. May oh do do do, may oh do do do, may oh do do do, we're gonna beat those boys in blue. May oh do do do, may oh do do do, may oh do do do. We're gonna beat those boys in blue, those boys in blue. All I want for Christmas is sad. All I want for 
Christmas is Sam. All I want for Christmas is Sam. All I want for Christmas is Sam. Well, now, there you have it, folks. A Mayo song for this year and for any year. A Christmas song, even, as it were. We're going to be cashing in on the royalties of this one for a long, long time to come. I suppose there's a lot of thank yous to hand out at this venture. That's to everybody at the Mayo or Back team that got involved and got right stuck into this project from the get-go. We'd like to thank everyone for the music. And I suppose mainly thank the listeners for affording us this very strange platform that we've manifested ourselves into where we get to shoot the shit on all things Mayo GA whenever we see necessary. I suppose we want to thank the fans from the bottom of our Mayo hearts for allowing us to do that. And the biggest thank you of them all does not go to the county board or to our manger, James Horgan. It has to go to our Mayo boyens, Fat Larry, those players, those lads who we love so well. They put up with us in the tough times during January, February, March. We were calling for the whole thing to be scrapped. And then you have the happy times like the last six or seven weeks where we just couldn't love these boys anymore. And we couldn't speak any more highly of them. So we want to thank them at this venture, sincerely as it were, for all of the hard work they put in for the people of Mayo. They're possibly the reason why we've ended up in such an unwell state but we haven't helped them that much either. It's been a strange sort of symbiotic relationship that we've had, but we do feel the need at least once per year to say we absolutely love these boys and the great days out they give us. They give me a reason to live, Fat Larry. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with you, TJ. Couldn't have put it any better myself. It's been an absolute honour, I think, you know, for all of us here, you know, to be preaching to the Mayo inbreds out there and to... You know, shorten the winter for some, make the championship a little bit more enjoyable. You know, that's what it's all about. It's about the bit of the bit of crack. But more importantly, as we've always prided ourselves on here, that bit of, you know, tactical, nuance, opinion, and just kind of reading the game in the way that we see it ourselves. And I think it's been an honour and a privilege to do it and it's made us, you know, really proud now. And I hope that what we have done here you know, just gives the Mayo team that little edge now ahead of the game at the weekend. You know, as we said, we can't be there in the stands, but we can do it on the interweb. We can do it on all the platforms, you know, up Mayo, wherever you go. So wherever you are, get right, you know, manifestualized now. Saturday is coming. It's only a couple of days away. Let's get the boys over the line up Mayo. Now, I don't think there's any point in me going on and trying to say it any better than Fat Larry is just after saying it there, folks. That's going to do us in our All-Ireland Final preview show. We have loved every minute of this season and every season. So, as Fat Larry says, up Mayo and Mayo do-do-do. Merton hit me in a miserable one. Did you deserve it? No, no, no. I got up. You hit him back. No, I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four punts. Come back and fucking Why? Because I was simply the best of the time. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. 
You understand that, John John? Roll gold and four pints. Roll gold and four pints. You understand that, John John? I hit him back with gold four. Folks, we've been Mayor back and you have been absolutely fabulous.